This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone, and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's our Match Day 4 preview podcast. And I'm joined by Paco Pollitt this afternoon. How are you, Paco? Uh, very well. Uh, hopefully, um, when uh, the people are listening to to this chat, everything is already, you know, a bit more relaxed after the, the hectic uh, last hours of the, the transfer market. So let's see how things finish after such an interesting summer. Yes, as uh, Gerard Romero would say, things are happening all across Spain. We'll touch on perhaps a few of them as we preview the matches and make sure to check out La Liga Lowdown's newsletter on Substack for all the reaction to the deadline day moves. Uh, let's get into the matches then, Paco. It starts off on Friday night between Celta and Cadiz. Um, Cadiz really struggling without a goal, without a single point. Um, Aspas is in fine form for Celta. Do you see this as a, as a routine home win? Mm, I wouldn't say it's going to be a... You know, a, a routine game for for Celta because my my theory regarding every single game is that winning in La Liga is very very tough. Even the easiest game, you have to do things very well. Um, Celta are the superior team if you look uh, them player by player because Cadiz, for example, were one of those teams which I surely believe that we're going to make an effort and splurge the cash to some extent in the market in order to not have as much trouble as that season. But it seems that they were thinking otherwise. And and that's why the, the first couple of games they haven't really delivered. And that's why they are, you know, already in the in the bottom half of the of the standings. Um Aspas has begun his season, you know, in form. They were able to uh you know have a game uh, mid one in match day one, and they saw how uh, Espanol draw it in, in the last second. They later face Real Madrid, which is always uh, at the beginning of the season not really the best course of action, but you have to do it. And uh, you know, last last week they were able to to snatch that um, that away win against Girona. So yeah, they are the favorite side. They should be able to try to get a bit better this season at home. Because I think um, retaining as much points as possible in as many points as possible in in Balaidos is going to be crucial for them. Whereas for Cadiz are in for quite a bit of pain this season, at least till we get to the winter market and they are able to bring in more players to become a bit more consistent. Mm. Already concerns then for Cadiz and potentially Sergio. 
Uh, of course, Dennis Suarez from Celta looks like he'll be spending much of the time between now and Christmas in the stands after he couldn't really find a move away amid that row with the president. On to Saturday then. It's a real, real packed lineup. It's a super Saturday in store. We've got three real big clashes, but it, it kicks off with a, an interesting game in the early one. It's Mallorca against Girona. Decent start for both sides, I think it's fair to say, both in mid-table. Mallorca look fairly solid. The only goals they've conceded have been penalties. Um, and yeah, Girona, a win, a draw and a defeat. So a fairly mixed bag. But how do you see this one? Well, I'd say that uh, Mallorca have uh, started the, the season in a, such a radical departure regarding that last year. I think that some of those players like Murici or Kangin Lee have been able to, um, I'm not talking only of their scoring uh, aspect of their game, they have been able to get a bit more uh, proficient in, in the way they are gelling uh, in front of the, of the team. Their defending is on point as it was last season because you expect something like that from a team uh, coached by El Vasco Aguirre. So uh, they needed to improve in the middle and uh, slotting in goals on, in front. And and that's what they did you know, in a couple of, of uh, first games that, that was the, the way to go. And that's why Mallorca have done so well in, in the first uh, few games with uh, one win and, and a draw already. Um, I think that they are the favourite side. I wasn't really impressed with, with Girona, even though they, they were able to finally... Uh, winning match day two, I, I think that that opening game against uh, Valencia have biased my my opinion, possibly till October, mid October, <laughs> November, yeah. because they were really awful. You know, <laughs> I I expected such a you know offensive, uh, attractive football style similar to what we saw last season in Segunda División, and also you have fan favorites to Annie. Who isn't, by the way, starting regularly in the in the last couple of 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 games? They have very very interesting players. I really thought that they 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 could do much more against Valencia and and the way Valencia were able to to manhandle them and be able to keep them under control, even though they were down to ten men, it was very disappointing from Girona. They were improved for sure because if not if not they are going to have many many problems this this season. Mm, okay, interesting one. Let's turn our attention then to the Santiago Bernabeu for the clash of the two 100%ers in the, the league. It's Real Madrid's first home game of the season and they're taking on Real Betis. Now, Betis haven't conceded in their last five away trips against Los Blancos, winning 1-0, winning 2-0 and then three consecutive 0-0 draws. So the last time Madrid have beaten them at home is actually March 2017, if you can believe that. How, how do you think Carlo's going to line up his midfield? Do you think Pellegrini's going to make any changes? Do you think Real Madrid will, will win this? Or do you think Betis can hold them at bay again? I think that after only a couple of games, um, we are in for the you know two uh, potentially greatest starting lineups from both of them. They're going to go full-fledged, uh, you know, putting all their uh, hands on top of the, of the deck and seeing how they're able to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Um, at this point, remember that Real Madrid have been able to to snatch those wins uh, away from home because of the uh, of the works in, in Santiago Bernabeu and this is going to be their first uh, home game. Whereas for Betis have been informed both at home and away from home. And yeah, I think Borja Iglesias being um, much in a much better place than last season might be a game changer for the, for the squad who is 
not at the same level as, for example, in April, back in April or, or March, uh, when they were fighting, for example, for the Copa del Rey trophy against uh, Valencia. But at the beginning of the season, the teams have to slowly get to their um, proper pace. And that's why it's so impressive to see how Betis has, you know, have uh, hit the ground running since match day one. And they, they have been able to score. And also, as you said, to keep their scorecard uh, against them uh, pretty clean. Um, why is that? I don't really know because they did, didn't reinforce their, their their defense as much as they as they could potentially could. And and by the way, remember that you have players such as Bartra leaving, um, Bellerin with all of the fuss in this transfer market. So overall, uh, the defense didn't really change. But I think that Pellegrini's hand has been in display overall, and they are playing a bit more conservative if you compare it to last season. But at the same time, as they have their number nine in form in the shape of Borja Iglesias, that's why they, they have been able to, you know, become a much more balanced side. And in that regard, Real Madrid are going to have their toughest challenge to date. Um, I don't really know the, out the outcome. Obviously, Real Madrid are the favorites, they are the champions, and they have, I believe, the, the, the best squad in, in, the, in the competition. But I hopefully uh, expect um, an interesting game with plenty of goals and um, I would like both teams to go really for it, you know, and don't be that conservative uh, and try to win with only one goal, one nil and call it a day. I, I think that fans deserve at this point in the competition where you don't really, you are not really playing for things on the line to go um, full on against the, the opposition and try to beat them by scoring more goals. And, and that would be great for, for the fans. Agreed. You heard it here, guys. Paco tells you, go for it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, William Cavallo in particular in front of that back four for Betis has been really impressive this season so far. And yeah, yeah. Carvalho is the example. For example. I, I often compare uh, Carvalho to a, to a bulldozer, okay, in, mm. in Spain, a tractor, un tractor, some, something, um, a, a guy who is able to cover all of the ground in the, in the midfield, but it takes quite a few games to get to that point. He, he needs that momentum going in. Uh, on the other hand, this season, he has been able to get quickly, like yeah. match day one, to that level of, of commitment and performance. And that's why the whole side has has benefited from him. Yeah, and he's just signed a new contract extension. So great news for Betis fans. On to the, uh, the evening game then. There's a couple more incredible matches to come on Saturday. Real Sociedad against Atleti. Griezmann, of course, the, the new super sub back at his old club. Um, and yes, yeah, some interesting market moves. Umar Sadiq uh, joining Imanol's side along with Sorlot. And of course, uh, Sergio Regulon could make his debut for Atleti potentially. Paco, do you think this is going to be another tricky one for Cholo Simeone's side? Well, obviously, I, I believe that Real Sociedad have been doing things very well in the last number of, uh, in the last couple of seasons. Um, wasn't really impressed with Atletico against uh, Valencia last week. Uh, I was in the ground watching the game and Atletico really were able to pick up the three points by a strike of luck with that uh, Antoine Griezmann strike with the deflection. Uh, overall, not really the best performance, but they got the job done. I think Real Sociedad will demand a bit more from Cholo Simeone's men. As you said, Real Sociedad have been able to tinker with their with their squad in the last in the last few days after the um, the transfer of Alexander Isak. Uh, Sorloth is in, and uh, yeah, as you said, um, 
the the deals in the in the transfer market have been quite amazing, you know, because uh, Sadiq seemed to be bound for Villarreal for who the hell knows how many weeks, and ultimately, like there was a, a swift change in in plans, and suddenly Real Sociedad were in for for this player. By the way, it's going to harm quite a lot uh, Almeria's chances this this season because I think he's one of the most interesting strikers in the in the competition, as it was last last season in Segunda División. But uh, yeah, Real Sociedad have tried to mm, not spend all of the cash earned by Isaac's transfer and do it in a smart way. And that's why, you know, they already knew Sorloth. They attempted to bring in Edinson Cavani. They were, weren't able to do that. And I think they're going to give Atletico a run for the money because mm. they have become one of those well-run clubs well-run sites. Everyone knows what they have to do. They have veteran players. They have young players. They have people coming in from the youth academy. Uh, they have an interesting coach who is not afraid to change things, switch things. Uh, I don't know. They, they are going to be a, a tough opponent for Atletico Madrid, who at this point in, in match day three, remember, they are those kinds of sites. Atletico, Barca, obviously Real Madrid, potentially Sevilla, which have the most excruciating demands from their fan base since match day one. And that's where Atletico have to go for the win at home and away from home. And especially in, in these kinds of games where you are facing, in Atletico's case, one of the, I believe, top six teams in the competition. Mm, interesting call there, Paco. Yes, I think the atmosphere is going to be great at the Rally Arena with the fans well up for this one. Speaking of atmospheres where there might not quite be so much um, togetherness, Ramos yeah. Sanchez Pizjuan, Sevilla, Barca. Oh my, what a game for Lopetegui. Under huge pressure, uh, Monchi has said that the market is now done. Yanazai and Dolberg are in, or Campos and Munir are out. Barca looking confident after their last two wins, scoring plenty of goals. Sevilla, do you think, do you think they'll be able to get anything here, or, or are Barca going to continue to pile the pressure on Lopetegui? If you see the first three games, I believe that Barca are like hands down the favourites in. In this one, because of the momentum they are bringing in from their past performances. At this point, uh, Lewandowski seems almighty. The way Chavis men are playing seems they are trying to bring back that Guardiola ball back in the day of being fast, being with plenty of pace, uh, being always on the offense. Whereas for Sevilla are a big heap of doubts, like one after the other. They are having problems with... Uh, the fan base uh, earlier this week, Monchi had to, you know, come out and and first at the ground uh, yeah. speak uh, head to head with the with the fans and later uh, deliver that press conference where he explained what is going on inside the club. Is that even though they have been consistently uh, entering European spots in the last few years, playing the Champions League, getting plenty of money from that, they have to sail and and they have to get rid of of several of the of the best players as you said Ocampos, Munir, I don't know getting a squad with the consistency for example they had last season isn't an easy task and that's you know something that we should really value and that Sevilla fans should really value about Monchi but again you only are as good as your last five games and that's why Sevilla fans are angry with Lopetegui many think that he has run his course already he that he should be replaced and that's why uh, all of the anger of the bitterness after match day three so uh, we are already in the fourth game and they are playing a final what mm. is should be considered a final i think it's going to be a very tense game mm, yeah. plenty of clashes 
uh, I don't know. I think that the referee is going to have a, a hard night in that sense. The fans are going to go 100% with their side. But if things go south, that could turn against Sevilla to some extent. Yeah, Jules Kondé, of course, back at his former club very quickly after his move. Yeah, as yeah. you say, I think without a striker coming in, I think Sevilla are going to be pretty light up top for the for the season. And yeah, if things go badly, we could have a few white handkerchiefs out at the Sanchez Pituan. All right, then. Uh, well, that'll do for part one. We've got plenty more to talk about all of Sunday and Monday's games, and we'll do that after this short break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. It's our Match Day 4 preview podcast. And if you're diehard fans like Paco and I, then Saturday, as much as it was incredible, it won't be enough because there's still five more games to preview, starting at El Sadar between Osasuna and Rayo Vallecano. Uh, two sides who started fairly well. Osasuna, two wins from three. Rayo, two uh, unbeaten away from home. So is this a tough one to call, Paco? I wouldn't say that because of the of uh, the the games. When whenever you you see them, uh, Osasuna, for example, I've seen the three of them. Rayo Vallecano, I've seen two out of three, and I think that the the performance levels have been um, quite different. Osasuna overall, even though they lost against Betis last week, they they went 
toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of those teams who are playing European competitions and they did very well, even though they, they lost 1-0. I think that they have the, the, the potential to become one of those, uh, I would say, equipo revelación, no? one of the, the surprise sides of the, of the competition because of how well they have started and also of the overall the, um, the, the project they are building upon uh, week after week. Whereas for Rayo Vallecano, they are always in turmoil, like inner turmoil with many issues uh, with all of the, you know, the fans trying to get their season tickets, all of the problems that have uh, arisen for that, from that in the in the last few weeks. And also because um, Iraola has been trying to get a proper striker for the whole uh, summer market and he has, mm, he hasn't... Ha had really uh, luck with, with that uh, commitment. Uh, they wanted Marcos André from Valencia, that fell through. Um, they tried like a late attempt for Raúl de Tomás. I don't know, I, I think that Rayo Vallecano overall, uh, as an organization, don't, don't have the, the, the excellence which Osasuna are showing in the last few years, and, and especially when, whenever playing at home. I think that El Sadar uh, became a stronghold for Osasuna is going to be a given this season. Uh, their players have been in, in tip-top shape in the first couple of games. Chimi Avila, you know, back in form. Um, overall, being able to, to beat Sevilla in match day one. They, they easily beat Cadiz in the second game. And uh, especially the, the way Yago Barrasate has been able to add all of the new players, uh, especially this guy, Aymar Oroz, who is uh, one of those young up-and-coming stars from um, Osasuna's Youth Academy. Uh, who has been very, very impressive in the first couple of games. So, uh, Osasuna are the favourites. Interesting game. Not really much on the line because both of them are, uh, you know, mid-table teams with uh, already quite a few points under their belt. But, uh, yeah, Osasuna should be the favourites and should get the points, especially when playing at uh, um, El Sadar, which is, I believe, last season... It was official that it was like the best stadium in the world, and I think it deserves so because the refurbishing works and the overall the the new look that the stadium has, uh, it has become a very uh, interesting and amazing place and ground to to be able to attend. Absolutely, yeah, they'll be hoping to make that a fortress once again. Over to San Mamés then for Athletic Español. The big headline here is Iñaki Williams after 236 straight La Liga matches all the way back to 2016. He is injured. He's got an ankle injury and he will miss this game. So the run has come to an end. But have Athletic got a replacement uh, in Gorka Guruthet? That was a great debut from him last week. Will he be able to, to fire them to victory here? Uh, possibly so. He will He will have more chances once again. Um, uh, and actually, I was uh, last weekend I was in, in, in Bilbao, you know, having a, a taste of, of uh, the way fans believe the season is going to, to take place for them. And overall, you can understand why uh, Athletic Club is such a well-run club and well-run organization with uh, such an amazing crowd, such an amazing atmosphere. It's going to be one of the toughest uh, grounds to visit this this uh, season because of the atmosphere and also because Ernesto Valverde, in his third stint as a manager, has been able to just hit the ground running and um, knows inside out the the whole organization he knows uh which players can uh you know uh perform every single role uh, munyain uh continues to be like the the uh, mighty captain of the team uh even though 
Iñaki Williams uh, went down with an injury, I think that uh, everything has a limit, right? And, and all good things have to come to an end to some extent. But you have Nico on, on the right side and you have uh, all of the players in, in the bench. You have uh, Ander Kappa, you have um, Berenguer, who has scored a few, a few goals already this season against Valencia, for example, last week also. I don't know, they are a very well-rounded uh, team overall, well-rounded squad, even though the starting lineup is much stronger than the players coming in from the from the bench and they should be the the favorites in in this game and regarding the the opposition mm, i don't really know uh at this point if uh espanol are prepared to tackle such a demanding season with a fan base which really demands more from their side i i was amazed by the whole you know break white uh, affair mm. came out from yeah. the left field and <laughs> I didn't expect that but remember that uh, this whole summer they have attempted to bring in a couple of players uh, the whole Raul de Tomas uh, drama unfolding for the last few weeks I, I don't know I, I think that at this point in the competition in, in match day four Athletic Club know what to do know how to do it they are much more committed and um, are better equipped and prepared than Espanol. So that's why the uh, the turnaround of the game and the and the uh, and the scoreline of the game should be favorable for them. Even though Espanol should have no problem remaining, you know, mid-table, uh, not really struggling this this season because they they have a good side and they have a good manager. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see how this one pans out. Over to uh, the Valencian community for a little derby here. It's Villarreal against Elche. Yellow Submarina yet to concede a goal, but they were held by Hetafe last time out. Elche have looked impressive in parts, but haven't been able to put it together for 90 minutes. And do you think they'll be struggling in this one or will they be able to cause some problems? Yeah, well, and, and uh, you know, with that late signing of uh, Mojica going to, to Villarreal, that's why there has been quite a lot of friction between uh these two squads and these two teams uh this summer but uh yeah i think that elche might face trouble this season because they haven't really gotten the player they needed for every single position in in the pitch they are in for a very rough year if they are unable to at least get their defense uh, in order whereas for Villarreal. I think that the flow and dynamic and, and range of the team is already you know, set, set in stone because they know how to play, they know the play style they want to develop. They have Gerard Moreno, which didn't really impress at the beginning of, of last season because of injury. Uh, this season it's been you know the, the absolute opposite and he has been scoring from, from the beginning of the, of the year and that's an advantage for Villarreal uh, who really need to have those 18 players in form unable to rotate between them in order to uh, tackle the the demands of of the two competitions that they are really going to aim for this year because their main goal in La Liga everyone knows is is, is finishing top four um, yep. and they have to fight for Copa del Rey and they are in my view one of the top three favorites for the Conference League so I think all around it's quite a lot of things to to juggle, but Unai Emery has the know-how in order to to achieve it. Um, it's going to be an interesting game overall, and always you have a, a derby between, in this case, North Villarreal and South Elche. It's going to be possibly a bit more spicy than many, thing, many people believe. Oh, that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. 
Uh, staying in the Valencian community then, at Mestalla is Valencia Hetafe. Speaking of spies, uh, it could be another fiery night at Mestalla. Carlos Soler, of course, has gone a kick in the teeth for Valencia fans. How do you how do you see uh, the way it's going? Yeah, I, I think that the the best way to uh, define uh, Valencia's transfer market is is a mixed bag, you know, because some of their uh, targets fell through, um, others uh, came out from the you know last uh, last minute additions such as um, Ilex Moriba. On on Thursday, um, Cavani. Many people believe it's, it was like a random signing, but if you see the way Valencia played, they really needed a striker, and they needed to get rid of Maxi Gomez, which they did, um, in order to bring in uh, Edinson Cavani. Let's see if his um, physique is able to sustain the the demands of a of a season over here in in Valencia. Uh, plenty of departures this summer for them. Carlos Soler, which is heartbreaking for for all of the fans, but uh, it was a relatively quick affair. You know, only in a couple of days everything was closed and the deal was closed and he left for, for Paris. Uh, but ultimately, it's, again, losing one of the top three players of your squad. And another one was Gonzalo Guedes. Only Jose Luis Gaya remains. You know, mm-hmm. Gaya is like the sole uh, and single uh, captain bright spot for the fan base and that's why the the management which um, has tried stuff this summer which they didn't attempt last year and the year earlier um, I think they haven't really gotten Gattuso to be happy with the reinforcements and in front uh, again you will have a team uh, in dire straits as, as Getafe and that's why this game is going to be interesting because Kike knows Valencia very, very well. He was a player for, for Valencia. He also was a manager back in the day. And that's why he will try to uh, force Gattuso's uh, team into booby traps. And um, I think it's it's going to be a, a clash of opposite styles mm, with yes. the, you know, the roaring of Mestalla which, by the way, this season seems to be regaining some of its might because the last two seasons haven't been that great for Valencia uh, playing in their home ground. But uh, the first couple of games have been great against Girona, even though the, the, the football wasn't the, the greatest, but the, the atmosphere the atmosphere was. And against Atletico, the atmosphere was, was brilliant, you know, uh, through and through the whole 90 minutes with the fans cheering, chanting, uh, pushing the, the team fro- forward, propelling the, the players against the, the opposition. So, um, Valencia should pick up the points, but I think that uh, Getafe are in in, in need of, of getting something positive because they have the quality, they have the players, but they need a couple more games to make uh, all of the players to gel and try to make all of the new additions to settle into the starting lineup. Yes, absolutely. We'll see how that one goes on Sunday night. And finally then, to wrap up the match day, it's the battle of two automatically promoted sides from last season. Real Valladolid taking on Almeria at the Jose Zoria. Uh, Real Valladolid in the bottom three, um, but they had tough fixtures, it's fair to say. But this is the kind of game they need to be winning. Almeria have started quite well, but of course without now Umar Sadiq. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one this one, isn't it, Monday night? Yeah, and I think that it's uh, heartbreaking for 
for newly promoted sites such as Almeria to uh, be able to make their mark in the first couple of, of match days of a competition and suddenly you get to the fourth game and you lose half of your um, attacking duo uh, ultimately to a big pile of cash. Because even though the the management in Almeria had stated many, many times that they are they were going to sell Umar Sadiq at some point during the summer, his fee, uh, that he was one of the players which needed to, to get out of the of the squad, needed to get transferred in order to make room for the financial fair play. Even though everyone knew that, it's not the same losing him August 1st or August 15th than September 1st, when you don't really have that time to uh, compensate for, for his departures. Almeria fans were delighted with the first few performances from, from their striker, which was one of the highlights last season and uh, which had, you know, made his mark in the first couple of games. I remember, for example, last week against uh, Sevilla with that uh, goal against them. I, I don't know. It's it's uh, pretty heartbreaking for, for smaller squads and smaller sides such as Almeria. But again, they have um, other players. They have Ruby as their manager, which is one of the most interesting uh, coaches around uh, when trying to make, a, you could say, mid-tier team try to play as a as a big one, okay? Whereas for Valladolid, um, if you leave aside all of the, you know, all of the fuss regarding Ronaldo as their, manager, as their owner and the president and everything, I don't think they have had a great uh, transfer market. They needed more players. Um, and they needed to, I don't know, to get more, get more additions in. I would say in every single uh, line of the of the of the squad. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, possibly it would be one of the first games which is which isn't play a uh, Jose Zorrilla with winter climate. Because Estadio Jose Zorrilla might be the, the coldest the coldest ground in, in, in Europe, but not in August and not in September, okay? So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, Valladolid and Almeria will have the luxury of going at it with no pressure because at this point the uh, league has just begun and they have plenty of room to course correct if things go south. I'm expecting a, a very defensive one at least on uh, Valladolid's uh, behalf well thank you very much for that Paco it's a fantastic weekend in prospects so many intriguing matches to look forward to follow us at La Liga Lowdown to be across all of the action and we'll be back in early next week with our match day recap podcast thanks as always for you for listening and thanks Paco very much for your insight and contributions uh, we'll see you soon have a great weekend adios cheers guys bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.